If you say someone should do something about climate change, you're right. If you say I should do something about climate change, we should talk. We're Claremont Lincoln University, and we've created a dynamic new online master in public administration program in partnership with the Lincoln Institute of Land Policy. This is an MPA designed to give future changemakers the tools needed to take on the issues in today's world. And because there's no time like the present to support our future leaders, the Lincoln Institute is giving $100,000 in fellowships. You could get a $10,000 fellowship towards your MPA. Apply now, www.claremontlincoln.edu. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Ed of Experience podcast, where we make education your business, interviewing the brightest and most influential, influential, see, I'm already messing up, minds in higher education today, but it is my podcast, so I can mess up if I want to. Uh, this is Dr. Joe Salustio, always with you uh, on the microphone. Liz is not able to join us today. She's leaving me by myself yet again. I'll have to give her a lot of, uh, a lot of flack for that when she comes on next, but I've spoken to my guests pre previously to this episode. I have a feeling, and I call it intuition here, that we're going to have a great conversation, and we, and we don't need anybody else. We're just going to rock and roll. We're going to do a dance, if you will. Um, maybe not the polka, but definitely the salsa, and you can uh, imagine what that might be like here as, as we chat. I want to remind everybody, um, if you are a supporter of the Edip Experience podcast, the number one way you can help us is to head to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating give us a review. Yes, I'm begging. Um, it, it is, we find that folks in higher ed are, are pretty adverse to spending time to do something like that. And I've got a buddy out there has a podcast and he's got like 86 reviews and I'm trying to at least catch up to him. You know who you are, Marcus Ogden, former NFL athlete, trying to catch up to him and his podcast, but that's neither here nor there. What we are going to talk about today is technology and enrollment. And we're going to talk to Brian Hartnack, and he's CEO of Archer Education. Brian, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, Joe. I am excited to talk with you, my friend. It's like this is in my wheelhouse. Now I get to like open up and ask the really cool, uh, cool and hard questions, I think, uh, that, that inquiring minds want to know, if you will. Uh, but before we get into the nitty gritty and pull back the hood, so to speak, talk to me about Archer Education. What do you guys do? How do you do it? Yeah, so uh, Archer Education, you know, what I'd say is we're really a very, you know, differentiated, full service marketing and enrollment solution uh, for higher education. And, you know, I think if I'm going to tell you what makes us so unique is really that we have kind of a deeply integrated student first approach that centers around how we personalize every step of the enrollment journey. And, you know, this, this personalization that we do is really made possible because of the way that we combine uh, rich story-based persona marketing with proprietary enrollment marketing technology. And, you know, when we put these things together, uh, you know, it really transforms the student experience from, from the first touch point all the way through enrollment by putting the student at the center of their own enrollment journey. Um, <clears throat> and what I'd say is, you know, what we found is that our approach really results in, you know, dramatically higher enrollment rates and, and, you know, just a more active and engaged student in the process, uh, you know, both during the enrollment process and also, you know, what we see is later on in the classroom. I love what your, your if you go to your site, archeredu.com, you've got a, oh, about a third of the way down or two thirds of the way down, sorry, on the homepage, you've got uh, a graphic kind of showing how 
engagement, enrollment management, and marketing kind of on the inner circle and all the things that go on around that to, to facilitate an enrollment, to create student engagement, to actually market to a student. You have to have a tremendous amount of understanding about your audience, demographics, um, buying habits, dare I say consumer buying habits, uh, because students are buying uh, buying something. I was actually having this discussion with a couple of colleagues today that we're, well, well our, our students' consumers are not. Uh, I, I, of course, submit that they are. But we're in a time right now, um, Brian, where competition in higher education is probably at an all-time high, specifically, as you see, uh, how many universities uh, in, in the country, at least, that have gone online like every year, at least close to every so the students, uh, the supply and demand shift is taking place. The student really has a lot of leverage on how they choose and what they choose. So it's individualization of the student uh, process, whether it's recruitment, uh, marketing, recruitment, enrollment, that I think makes the difference. Do you agree with that? Is this the time of individualized marketing rather than mass marketing? Yeah, you know, that, that really is kind of core to our philosophy here. And, you know, the thing is, is it's, it's what consumers, and I, I definitely agree with you, students are consumers in, in every sense of the word. You heard, think it here, about kind of, you heard it here, folks. Brian said it. He, he said it. Students <laughs> are consumers. We're going to quote them and print it. Yeah, at least, at least that's our point of view. But, you know, students are, are sophisticated consumers. And, you know, you think about kind of all the other things that they buy in their life, you know, the types of experiences they're used to, whether it's, you know, ordering a meal on DoorDash or, you know, using Amazon or any of the other services that are out there today, they've got an expectation of a very personalized experience that really understands them. And so when you think about purchasing education, which is probably one of the biggest purchases that they've ever made in their life up until that point, why would they not expect something similar from higher education, right? And so I think the challenge is really on us as, as marketers and enrollment management folks to figure out how do we enable that type of experience uh, for the consumer so that, we, so that we can really engage them and not turn them off, um, show them that we get them and that they're at the center of this process. You know, uh, you, you said something there that resonates with me and, and it's, it's audience understanding as evolution takes place. And obviously, I don't have to tell you anything you don't already know, but this thing called coronavirus has really uh, created a lot of disruption in, in higher ed and, and has disrupted our understanding of our audience, uh, disrupted our understanding of our future audience. We have an upcoming multicultural majority that is, uh, 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 I'm going to say growing is the right word, but the multicultural majority is going to be the, the majority, as we say, and from different ethnic backgrounds and have different preferences and, and a, a blended background, so to speak. So there's a, a changing and, and, and shifting demographic that was supposed to be five years from now, right? There's this enrollment cliff taking place in 2025, 2026, and then all of a sudden coronavirus hits and it creates a, a just this, I don't know, uh, atomic bomb of disruption. Do you think from your uh, from your client list that, that uh, schools have been prepared to re-understand their audience as online learning is proliferated and, and uh, hybrid learning is being, I don't want to say it's being created, but being ad adopted more widely? Yeah, you know, I think that, that most schools, most institutions here are kind of way behind the curve in terms of this. Uh, you know, most of the institutions that we interface with, it's, 
you know, kind of four year residential students first, and then everything else is, is kind of an afterthought in terms of, of where their focus is. Um, you know, one thing I didn't mention in the beginning is, you know, with our, with our business, we are almost entirely focused on serving that kind of non-traditional adult student learner audience. So we serve schools around the programs that, that serve those audiences. And, you know, what we see is that, you know, kind of the, the coronavirus, the, the pandemic here has just increased the attention around how do you serve that demographic? Because more and more people are kind of opting into, you know, their learning experience, they're, they're identifying with that adult learner who wants to have, you know, flexible, uh, you know, flexible arrangement around how they can kind of learn on their schedule and balance that with other things in their life, you know, a job, a family and other priorities. Um, they just have different needs. And, you know, what we've seen with the pandemic is just really accelerate the need and the attention to focus on how do we serve those, those kind of uh, non-traditional learners. And, you know, the, the truth is, is that most institutions are just not set up today for, for how to do that. You know, I remember I, I go back, I've used this example a couple of times, and I'm, I'm going to ask you the question. I went to American Marketing Association, higher ed conference a couple of years ago. My institution won, I always, here's a plug, my institution won uh, marketing team of the year for innovation uh, uh, at that time. But there was a keynote speaker. And one of the keynote speakers, uh, she asks, uh, by a show of hands, how many of you marketers, right? These are digital marketers. These are heads of marketing, VPs of marketing, uh, you know, all through the marketing infrastructure of marketing communications. But the, the lady says, uh, how many of you by a show of hands believe that your administrators, your high level administrators in your organization, and remember there's all sorts of universities there, right? But how many of the higher level administrators, administrators understand that marketing is a strategic initiative, especially digital marketing. It's a strategic in initiative that you have to invest in from the highest levels. And if you want to pay, if you sorry, play in uh, the emergence of online education, if you want to uh, uh, get in front of a student in today's day and age, and I swear there were like five hands that went up and you're talking about a thousand people there. There were not many people that were raising their hand to say that the highest at the highest level uh, administrators understood marketing. What do you think? I mean, is is marketing having its uh, heyday now because everybody's realizing and seeing the uh, billions of dollars now being invested in digital marketing uh, by colleges and universities, or or is there still a traditional shroud, so to speak, around what marketing really is? Yeah, you know, I think every institution and every person involved in this kind of has to go through this, this evolution in their thinking to get, you know, on their own, because you really don't understand it until you experience it firsthand. Uh, you know, I think what you're getting at here, there, there's kind of a, a tendency to think, okay, we just need to, to get into digital marketing and, and start playing in that space and everything's going to kind of fall into, into place. I love when people say that. Well, it's just yeah, digital and, marketing. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is one of the hardest things to do ever. Yeah, you know, it's so much more than just going out and hiring an agency or hiring a media buyer. You know, you, you really need a holistic vision for how the you know how your institution is going to compete in digital marketing in order to even have a chance at competing in such a um, complex and competitive environment. And so it's you know your ability to buy media is just the tip of the iceberg here. You know, there are so many kind of operational issues that need to be taken into consideration at the same moment 
in order to be successful in that area. And that is, you know, what is your enrollment management strategy look like? Uh, how are you handling various student services uh, functions? You know, are you, um, you know, could be very mundane things like transcript processing, financial aid packaging, you know, these play critical roles in making digital marketing successful. And so if you're not looking at it kind of uh, in one holistic strategy um, across kind of all the factors that, that touch how you take somebody from, you know, uh, brand awareness online through to enrollment, you just have no chance of succeeding in this space. Um, you know, I think it was a very different picture for, for institutions that were kind of early movers on this back in the early 2000s. But, you know, today we're dealing with a highly competitive environment. And so you really have to make an investment across the organization, um, both in terms of building internal capabilities and finding the right partners to partner with um, to even have a chance of, of being successful here today. Yeah, and you need a partner that really understands the ins and outs of, of digital marketing, right? It's, uh, it, it, I always said, if you want to drive a marketing agency insane when you, when you meet with a, a CEO of a marketing agency and you're an institution, tell them what your speed to contact is uh, of, your, of your, your contact rates when somebody actually expressed interest to how long it takes you to, to get in front of that student or even reach out to them with any sort of communication. And that's immediately you'll see uh, a, a marketing agency CEOs lose their mind because you hear things like two weeks or one week or, and, and you just wonder how institutions can survive with antiquated uh, 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 enrollment infrastructures, right? And, I, and, I, and to your point, there's a big difference between passive recruitment and active recruitment, you know, where you sit back and wait for the applications to come. What a luxury that is. And I think that only happens in now uh, uh, Ivy League, you know, Ivy universities, where you can sit back and just kind of tell people they're, they're not going to come here. But for the, the majority of students in, in uh, universities across the US, active recruitment is taking it, it place, it's taking its center stage now, where you have to go out and get in front of the student in a proactive way. Uh, messaging, branding, communications, you can't just sit back and wait anymore, right? No, that's, that's absolutely true. And I think, you know, one of the things that we see kind of really evolving along those lines right now, you know, you'd kind of mentioned the, the you know, kind of the, old, the notion of speed to lead, which is, you know, how fast is your organization contact somebody, you know, an inquiry or somebody who's a prospect? Um, we talk about here at Archer, we talk about speed to engage. And what that means is, you know, so obviously, you know, that the point of your digital campaign is to, is to get somebody to express their initial interest and then get them to request information about the school. We think that it's, it's critical now to begin engaging that student in a digital experience right then and there online to begin sending them down that path of, of uh, educating themselves about the institution and kind of moving themselves closer towards enrollment. Uh, we do that through you know, online digital experiences. And, you know, what we found is, you know, kind of here in 2021, you know, prospective students are less likely than ever before to pick up the phone if they get a phone call. Uh, so it's, it's critical that you have something in place to kind of uh, begin to build trust and interest and engagement with that prospect online before you're even out there reaching, you know, reaching out and calling them. You want to get them to the point where they're really engaged in the process, and now they're actually requesting to get a call from you. So that, that's kind of one of the areas where we really see things evolving right now. 
is speed to engage, the quality of engagement that you have with that student online, and then parlaying that into a student who wants to pick up the phone or wants to receive a phone call from an enrollment man. If you think it's time for a change in your community, but more importantly, you want to be the change, an online master in public administration degree from Claremont Lincoln University could be the start. The CLUMPA program has an advisory council of frontline leaders, mayors, school board members, city council members, a state senator, and even a state treasurer, all looking for the next generation of changemakers. In other words, who's next? The real world is calling. A CLUMPA is part of the answer. Find out more at claremontlincoln.edu slash MPA. It's so true. It's so true what you just said there. It's the mic drop moment of the episode because nobody does want to answer their phone anymore. I don't answer my phone anymore. I don't know about you, Brian. I'm not even sure the last time I listened to a voicemail, I just wait for it to become transcribed on my phone and I read it. I'll, I'll read texts. I'll read texts while I'm in meetings. I'll read emails while I'm in meetings. But if somebody calls me, I immediately send in a voicemail and it's just you know, kind of the, the state of uh, our communication tendencies these, uh, these days. And so how do you, right? That's the big question for colleges and universities is what do you need to do to create the engagement infrastructure? And it's not just about creating the interest as you know well, Brian, but if you actually are lucky enough and good enough at what you do to get the student to enroll, there's not as many regulations around enrollment uh, protection as there used to be, at least in the traditional sense, when a student would commit, you know, there was a time period where no other schools could contact them. That's been eliminated. The student really is open to choice. And so from the day that student enrolls to the day they start classes, even after, they're going to be in front of every school that wants to be in front of them with messaging, differentiation, engagement. And you as an institution have to keep them focused on your institution all the time, right? That's, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And so I think for one, it starts with, you know, really focusing on kind of what the messaging is and how you're appealing to that particular person. You know, we really take this kind of persona-based marketing seriously because it, it really works. If, if you can, you know, develop the, the personas that are right for a particular program and go out and target those people, you can create, you know, kind of customized messaging for them that really appeals to their life situation. And, you know, kind of what are the, the, the key reasons why that this program is really going to push their interests and their desires and their career forward. Um, that's how you're going to appeal to somebody, not just, you know, riffing off, you know, the value propositions of the school, you know, where, uh, you know, fast, affordable, you know, it's kind of like the, the same, the same value props that you see everywhere. Right. We uh, change lives. We're training tomorrow's leaders, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you could just yeah, like grab great. them out of a bucket. You know, you're seeing the same things over and over again. People want to hear, why is this program right for me? And that's, that's really, um, you know, I think, I think in order to, to really kind of uh, get them engaged and interested in the program, you got to be speaking to them in terms of exactly what makes sense for them in their lives. What, let's take a step forward and then we'll go back. Uh, you do online uh, uh, program management, it looks like, or at least a, a, a version of it. Talk about that and its expansion now that uh, colleges and universities are looking to enroll more students online. 
Yeah, so you know, I think it's important first to just kind of differentiate ourselves from kind of online program management as it's as it's kind of typically been understood for Please do. you know at least the last 15 years. So, you know, what we would describe ourselves at is online program recruitment. And what that is is, you know, if you think of all the services that an online program management company could offer, we're focused on marketing, enrollment, uh, retention, as well as you know a few areas like program research and uh, and strategy. So we kind of you know fulfill just this this narrow slice of the overall OPM pie. And you know the reason why we've done that is for one, you know this is where our strength is. But but two, it's what we found is that there's a lot of institutions. You know as as you know online programs have become such a key part of institutional strategies going forward. They realize that this has gone from the experimental stage to kind of core to their strategy. And so I think schools need to decide for themselves, which part of this do we need to develop as an internal capability? And in a lot of cases, that is, you know, student services and how do you deliver the education? But when it comes to, you know, marketing and enrollment, they're looking for a partner to help them there because it's, it's you know, involves a whole lot of muscles that, that the school really doesn't have at their disposal. And so having a partner who can kind of work with them side by side to enable growth of their online programs, as well as provide, you know, advice to them in terms of what they need to do kind of on their end, um, there is a, a large number of schools kind of right in the middle that, that you know, do not want to full sale outsource their online program strategy to an OPM. And they're not, and they know that they don't have the capability to do it all themselves, you know, kind of the DIY model all themselves. So we think that we're really appealing to kind of a large segment of institutions that, you know, want to grow their online programs, but they need help in enrollment, marketing, and retention. It's a science, right? Enrollment marketing, uh, marketing and enrollment marketing, it is its own beast. It's not just kind of regular marketing. It's lead generation, it's engagement, it's uh, uh, moving students through a buying process. It's always these things together. And it's, it's a, a science that has to be tested and split tested and, and uh, understood and measured. And, and, you know, a lot of times institutions um, feel like they can do that without an agency partner. And, you know, you look before coronavirus, I'd hear that a lot. Like, yeah, we're just going to bring that internal, you know, we're going to do it ourselves. We, we don't do as much digital marketing as some of the other universities. And now all of a sudden, um, are you seeing, are you seeing more universities come to you and say, uh, you know, Brian, uh, we really do need help. Now we're realizing that we can't compete with so-and-so XYZ massive online university that has a hundred thousand students and they're putting in $40 million a year in digital marketing where we need to carve out a niche. We don't know how to do that. We, we heard the term geo-targeting. How do you do that? I mean, are you getting more of, of those folks kind of coming to you saying, okay, it's time for us to find the help now because we realize we can't do it on our own? Yeah. And you see a few different flavors of it. You know, it's, it's, you know, one example would be the school that attempted to do it on their own and they failed. And so now yes, they've that kind happens of come, often actually. Yeah, yeah they've come to that recognition point that they really do need a partner in this. Uh, but you know, for that type of uh, of institution, you know, maybe they were kind of starting from scratch and they'd never gotten their online programs off the ground to begin with. We're seeing another flavor, which is institutions that may have had online programs. Gosh, we, we're working with one that has been a, a huge success story for us, where they've been operating online programs on their own since two thousand. And 
you know, back then it was kind of, if you build it, they will come kind of model of growth. And it, it really did work for them. You know, they had about 15 years of, of solid success, having their online programs be a nice piece of the overall business for them. Uh, starting in about 2016, the market just got to a point of kind of saturation and competition where kind of, you know, just doing nothing in marketing no longer worked for them. They were suddenly seeing for the first time enrollment growth flattening out and then year after year declines. And, you know, those are the ones who they that we really like to, to work with because they, they're, here they are, they've got plenty of experience delivering online education, but they just weren't doing anything in the enrollment and marketing side. And they recognize that they need help and they have ambition to grow their programs again um, that's where we can really kind of come in and make a difference very quickly. You know, but, but Brian, you know, how do I, as a smaller, smaller, small institution, is it possible for me to survive and thrive amidst massive universities like Southern New Hampshire, Western Governors and Liberty and uh, the APU system. And it's kind of this arms race going on, Brian, Maryville and uh, for, you know, to kind of be the biggest online, biggest provider of, of uh, education in the United States. And I'm just a little guy here. And is it possible for me to take a little piece of this pie? You know, can you really help me survive in that way? Or is my destiny already sealed? Yeah, well, so you really have to look at what your strengths are. And, you know, for a small school to think, okay, I'm just going to become the next SNHU, we're going to go pursue a national strategy. You know, that's, that's obviously not going to work unless you've got some sort of enormous war chest to, to kind of invest in becoming the next SNHU. Uh, so I think we can pretty much rule out that strategy. But what we find is, you know, particularly with kind of regional universities is, there's an opportunity usually, depending on where they're located, to think about what can they do uniquely in their region to help you know, in terms of, of workforce development, partnering with corporations in their area, and really just leveraging the existing brand equity that they have within a region to become a regional uh, SNHU, right? To become you know, a regional powerhouse in online education. Um, unless the school is located very far from, from any type of metropolitan area, uh, you know, generally there's an opportunity here to, to carve out a long-term sustainable niche by focusing on what that institution can do for that area. And, uh, you know, we've seen it work over and over again. Uh, you know, when we partner with a school, we focus on 100 miles around that school to start. And... If you're really successful at that, then you can start thinking about, okay, are there adjacent markets that, that we might be able to parlay that, that brand into? Um, but for the most part, you know, the, the strategy really starts with what can I do right here? Even though, even though you can deliver online education anywhere in the world, how can we make an impact in our immediate area? That's your best place, place to start. What's the, what's the biggest pain point you see right now? Is it enrollment specifically? Is it brand marketing specifically? Is it online program growth specifically? If there was one area you pick, pick out as like the biggest pain point for, for colleges and universities, your clients or potential clients, what would it be? Well, you know, I mean, I think you might want to just step back and look at the overall picture. And, you know, I think some of it's, uh, you know, items that you've already, you know, uh, mentioned here, you know, the, the demographic shifts. So kind of the you know, coming uh, 
decline or, or ongoing decline of, of kind of the, the four-year traditional student market, um, you know, I would say that, that the overinvestment in real estate assets over the last 10, 20 years uh, is you know, kind one. of an albatross for schools at this point. Um, you know, I would say affordability is, is an enormous problem. Uh, you know, schools need to address that issue. And then uh, developing you know, programs and curriculum that really connects with, with the job market. I think that those are challenges that need to be addressed. Um, you know, that's something that really is, is motivating to us. It's just trying to um, work with institutions that are aware of these challenges and want to address them. Because I think that's where you really begin to put together an education that, that can really drive value for the student is when you're committed to focusing on how do we address affordability? How do we address accessibility, uh, the quality and uh, the quality of the education uh, in terms of, of having it be relevant to the workforce? Um, that's where I think, you know, those are the big problems and that's where, where institutions need to focus. It's also how you zero in on your true value proposition and figure out how to communicate it in the best way. I love that, that Brian, that's, uh, that's awesome. And I, you know, we always ask, we always go around and we ask our, our guests uh, two questions to end each uh, and every one of our episodes. And so I'm going to ask them to you. The first being, um, uh, what did we not talk about today, uh, Archer Education, that you would want to say about your organization, uh, initiatives you have going on, things that are happening, really anything, any plugs that you have about your organization, what you're doing. And secondly, what does the future of higher education look like? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you. So uh, the first first uh, part here is in terms of kind of you know where we want to go next, uh, or or I guess I guess uh, important things to know about what we do. Um, I would say that that you know, an often overlooked area for, for institutions is how they can partner with corporations in their area to really, uh, you know, create programs that are gonna drive job growth in their area, uh, great outcomes, and, you know, create, uh, you know, a fantastic pipeline of students into their institutions. Um, you know, I think this is something, you know, we talked a lot about digital marketing, but how can you use local corporations as a pipeline for students? And I think this is something that, that you know, corporations, particularly right now, you know, are struggling to retain employees to offer a good reason for people to stay. Um, you know, education as a benefit is, is you know, such an uh, amazing opportunity to retain employees and uh, offer um, you know, for, for, for institutions, great way to uh, kind of create a, a quick um, way to grow a program and find, you know, a steady pipeline of students. So this is an area that Archer is really beginning to, uh, to invest in. And that's something that, that we can really bring to the table as kind of a quick solution for growth for a lot of the schools that we work with. Um, in terms of uh, where education is going, you know, I think it's it's really interesting to kind of see all the alternative education programs that that are emerging right now. Um, you know, we see obviously the success of Coursera. Um, you know, I don't think that Coursera is going to have you know kind of a monopoly on the market in the future, but I think that that what they are really you know kind of leading the way in terms of you know shorter form alternative credentials. And I think this is something that that you know institutions everywhere need to pay attention to is, you know, kind of alternative formats for learning that can really, uh, you know, kind of transition students towards lifelong learners 
you know, think of, you know, student acquisition as kind of the beginning of a long relationship with an institution that might involve lots of credentials over the course of their, of their life. And, you know, for, for us, we're really interested in, you know, how can we drive down acquisition costs so that lower costs, alternative credentials can really compete against um, degree programs that have, you know, kind of a, a much larger acquisition budget per student. How can they compete head to head and really, you know, enable the, the kind of long term sustainability of, of kind of alternative education programs? Um, because I think that that is going to be kind of key to unlocking value for students and the schools that really invest in this area are going to have a much better chance of, of really remaining relevant, you know, over the next over the next few decades. Mm, my, the the key understand your acquisition costs and how and I mean how to drive those down while keeping your quality the same. That's why you need a partner like Archer Education to show you uh, and walk you through how to do those things. And Brian, it's been a, a great honor to have you on the show today. Uh, of course, your name is Brian Hartnack and you are CEO of Archer Education. I wish you guys continued success and I really appreciate your insights. Um, I think our audience is going to find this episode highly, highly uh, effective and engaging for their daily, uh, their daily lives there in, in higher ed. Right. Thanks so much for having me on, Joe. If you walk by a homeless person and say, somebody should do something, you're right. If you say, I should do something, we should talk. We're Claremont Lincoln University, and we're offering a dynamic new online master in public administration program that is designed to empower the next generation of changemakers, people like you. CLU is online by design, with faculty that are scholar practitioners who are on the front lines. This isn't theory. This is reality. So if you're ready for a new MPA program that makes everything else seem old school, go to claremontlincoln.edu today because it's time for a change. Find out more at claremontlincoln.edu MPA.